Well, happy Easter. I know you've heard that a lot today, but we're going to say it a lot today. Uh, today we're celebrating all that, that God did by sending his son. And I just love this idea that, that even though we, we spend a lot of time focusing on the fact that Jesus died for us, but what today is really a celebration of is that he didn't stay in the grave, that he came out of the grave three days later so that we could have life. And so that's what we're here to celebrate today, and we're excited that you are here with us. I want to say welcome to those of you watching online. We're glad that you have tuned in. And most of the time when we show up uh, to Easter Sunday, or what we call here Easter at Impact, we expect to hear the, the same type of message that we've always heard every Easter. And, well, it's the same, you know, it's the same story. How many takes can we put on the same story and, and all of that? And, and we are here to celebrate what Jesus has done, but today I want to come at Easter from a little bit different angle, and I believe that God put a word about a month, month and a half ago on my heart that was specific to this day that I believe is going to be an encouragement to you, and it's going to challenge you and hopefully help you, and when you leave today, you'll leave differently than when you came in. And so I want to talk to you for just a few moments on the subject, Storm Survival Strategies. Storm Survival Strategies. Welcome to Easter at Impact. We're talking about storms today. <laughs> Storm survival strategies. And if you're new with us, we have in your seat, you'll have a place where you can take notes. If you want to write things down, we always encourage people to write things down so you can go back and look at it later. Remember what God was speaking to you uh, in that moment. And so there should be a pen and a, a page there for you to take notes. But I want to start by asking a question today. Has anyone here ever been in a physical storm? You ever been in a physical? Come on, just raise your hand. We participate. Come on, be a participant today. You've been in a physical storm, some kind of some kind of storm that maybe you were maybe while you were driving on a trip you went through a bad storm, or maybe you've been on a cruise or you were out fishing one time or something and you experienced a storm. Maybe you've been through a tornado season. Come on, we have those every single year. And we have those days where you can't watch anything on TV because all that's on TV is the weatherman sitting there telling you the same thing over and over and over and over again. And I'm like, this is going on in Sherman. I live in Paris. Can I just watch my show, please? <laughs> right? But because of where the news comes from, we all participate and we all are seeing the same thing. And they're telling, you know, take cover, do this or whatever. Maybe you've actually been through, I don't know, maybe you've actually been through an actual tornado. You know, we're coming up on that season here in the next April and May. It seems like we have a lot of tornado activity going on in our area. And uh, thankfully, you know, God willing that none of that is going to affect us and we're all going to be okay. But maybe you've been through that or maybe you've been uh, taking cover as you've been through some kind of a storm or some kind of tornado. And I even think about those who live on the Gulf and on the East Coast and in Florida and how they deal with, and I don't know, maybe you moved here from there, maybe you're familiar with that, but how they deal with all the hurricanes. And I'm thankful a lot of times when I see that on the news, I'm thankful that I don't live in one of those areas and have to deal with, you know, boarding up your windows and evacuating and not being able to come back for two days. And then, you know, what happened in the Houston area just a little while back and all this stuff, you know, they're going through all these storms all the time. And it seems like they're in seasons it even gets Worse, and then I don't even—I don't know if you like to or not. Uh, my wife and I—we disagree on this because I like movies like this, and she doesn't care for movies like this. But I like the movie. Anybody like the movie Twister? <laughs> it's like, why would you watch stuff being destroyed? <laughs> I don't know. It's just you know, call me crazy. 
But I like or the Perfect Storm. Anybody remember the movie The Perfect Storm? I like I like movies like that that have to deal that are like centered around some kind of an event or some kind of a storm. Geostorm. Anybody see that? That's the newer one that that just came out, not just a few months ago, I think, on DVD and Blu-ray. But I, I like watching those movies. My wife does not, and maybe you don't, or maybe you do. But we're talking about storms, talking about storms, and most of us really don't care for storms. Here's what we did. This was probably been a couple of years ago. Uh, we had just moved into our new house, and and it was about May, and they were calling for a bad storm, and they were talking about all the hail, you know, that was going to be like golf ball size and baseball size hail, and so we're pulling both vehicles into the garage, you know, and we're like taking cover any way that we can to try to avoid, and we're praying, it's like, Lord, don't let it do damage to the roof so we don't have to call the insurance company and all of this stuff. And, and the reason we take cover a lot of times and we get in the cellar or we get in the bathtub and cover up with a mattress, whatever you do, is because we don't really like storms. We don't like being in the middle of storms. Now, what about storms in life? Anybody ever been through a storm in your life? You ever been through something that, that, was, that was very difficult? Something that you went through that you wish, you know, on the other side, looking back now, you're like, man, I wish I'd have never had to gone through that. Or maybe now on the other side you see it from a different perspective, but when you were in the middle of it, it seemed like the end of the world while you were in the middle of a storm in life. Maybe it was a struggle in your marriage. Maybe it was some your crazy kids. I don't know. Maybe you lost a job or you got kicked out or there was an unexpected pregnancy or infertility or a miscarriage or someone you love passed away. I don't know what your storm is, but I bet if we go around the room today, everybody could think of something. There's something that's happened to you that you remember. Or there's something that you're going through right now that you think, I'm never going to forget what I'm going through right now. And is it ever going to get any better? And am I ever going to make it to the other side? Or I hope I never have to go through that thing again. I know for for my family, and actually it was just my wife and I at the time, but before we have, we have four kids now, but before we had uh, those four kids about nine and a half years ago, uh, we miscarried with our first child. Storm. A storm in life. Not really knowing what, what, what do you do with that, right? What am I supposed to do with the fact that we're excited about something that's, that's about to happen and all of a sudden it's gone? You go through a storm and you don't really understand it. Or just this last September, for me personally, uh, one of my grandparents passed away that, that me and my cousins, we were all really, really close to him. And, and it's like in that moment, you don't even really know what to, like how do, I, how do I make it through this? How do I get through the storm? Or just this past December, one that's really fresh on our hearts and on our minds is receiving news this past December of a particular thing that we were we were really praying for uh, but didn't happen the way that we thought it was going to happen and we were heartbroken. Even to this day, it still has this sensitive place, you know, three months later in our hearts of something that happened that we weren't expecting to happen the way it happened and we went through a storm. We went through a storm. What storm have you been through? Maybe some kind of a storm that changed your life forever. Or we could ask it this way. What storm are you in the middle of right now? What are you going through right now? What did you come in with right now? What did you, what did you get up and, and put on your Easter outfit and come to church with thinking, you know, what's well, Easter. We're going to church. We're going to celebrate. We're going to do this. But you're in the middle of something in your life. You're in the middle of a storm. And I love there's a particular storm in the Bible 
a physical storm that I want us to, to read a few verses on. But first, let me give you the context. And I believe we can learn some things from this today. And it has the potential to change your perspective and even your life. So I want you to give me, I want you to give me your attention for the next 30 minutes. I want you to lean in. And I want you to, to write it down. I want you to take it with you. And this story starts off, there's a man named Paul. Many of us, if, if you're familiar with church, you're familiar with the Bible, you've heard of a man named Paul who's he's wrongfully in prison. He's in prison for something that he didn't do or for preaching the gospel or for telling people about Jesus, all these different things. And he and some other prisoners are on this ship, they're on this boat that's taking them to Rome. So they're, they're sailing across the sea. And a little while into the journey, a storm starts to stir up. And Paul tells everyone, you know, he's, it's like he's been in prayer and he knows this is not going to be good. And so he begins to tell everybody, hey, this is going to be a dangerous trip. So we need to get prepared. It's not going to be a fun trip. It's going to be a dangerous trip. So we need to get prepared. In fact, the writer, the writer of Acts, what we're going to read here in a minute, says that the winds from this storm had the, for, the force of a hurricane. Now, I don't know if you're, if you're like me. I can't imagine being on a boat or a ship or a cruise or anything on the water and there being some kind of storm that, that rises up and the wind force is like I'm, I'm sailing through a hurricane. I, that, I, there's nothing that sounds appealing about that. It's like I'm going to take a cruise, I'm going to check the weather for the next 10 days because I don't want to be on the water. It's one thing to be on the ground. It's one thing to be on, 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 on land and be in the middle of a storm and you feel like you have a little bit of control. You feel like you have a little bit of say-so in, well, we can do this. But it's another thing to be in a boat in the middle of a storm. So the storm, it got bad, and, and it got so bad that the crew started to throw all of the stuff off of the ship, hoping that it would help them and help the, the ship survive the storm. And now we're 14 days into the storm, and we pick up the story in Acts 27, verse 30. And I want to read about 14 verses here, and then we're going to talk about it. And I believe that this has the potential to change our lives today. This is what it says. You can follow along on the screen behind me. It says, The sailors wanted to escape from the ship, so they let the lifeboat down into the sea. They pretended they were going to lower some anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul spoke to the commander and the soldiers. These men must stay with the ship, he said. If they don't, you can't be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat. They let it drift away. Just before dawn, Paul tried to get them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, You have wandered what would happen? You have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I'm asking you to eat some food. You need it to live. Not one of you will lose a single hair from your head. After Paul said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God. He did this where they all could see him. Then he broke it and began to eat. All of them were filled with hope, so they ate some food. There were 276 of us on board. 276 people on this ship in the middle of a storm. They ate as much as they wanted. They needed to make the ship lighter, so they threw the rest of the grain into the sea. I kind of find that comical how it goes right from they ate as much as they wanted, and now they need to make the ship lighter. So they must have eaten quite a bit to where now you have to start getting rid of stuff because we put on, you know, every, we all gained five pounds in the last five minutes by what we ate. So we got to start throwing stuff overboard. So they threw the rest of the grain into the sea. When daylight came, they saw a bay with a sandy beach. They didn't recognize the place, but they decided to run the ship onto the beach if they could. So they cut the anchors loose and left them in the sea. At the same time, they untied the ropes that held the rudders. They lifted the sail at the front of the ship to the wind, and they headed for the beach. But the ship hit a sandbar, so the front of it got stuck and wouldn't move. 
The back of the ship was broken into pieces by the pounding of the waves. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners. They wanted to keep them from swimming away and escaping. But the commander wanted to save Paul's life. So he kept the soldiers from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and swim to land. The rest were supposed to get there on boards or other pieces of the ship. That is how everyone reached land safely. Today I want to give you, from these 14 verses, I want to give you four storm survival strategies that the next time that you go through a storm or the next time you go through a circumstance or a situation or something you didn't see coming, or maybe if you're in it right now and you're in the middle of something, that you can take these four things and remember, oh, man, the, I, need to, I need some strategies. I need to know how to make it through. I need to know how to survive the storm that I'm in. And I believe these four things have the potential to help you do just that in whatever storm you face in life. Here's the first one. You can write it down. Stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. If you want to survive the storm, the first thing you got to do is stay on the ship. We read three verses in Acts 27, verses 30 through 32, where it said, The sailors wanted to escape from the ship, so they let the lifeboat down into the sea. They pretended they were going to lower some anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul spoke to the commander and, and the soldiers. These men must stay with the ship, he said. If they don't, you can't be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat. They let it drift away. Can I tell you that most of the time when you're in the middle of a storm, the way that seems the easiest to get out of the storm a lot of times is the way that will finish you off in the middle of the storm. You're in the middle of something in your life, and you are looking for, come on, we all do this. We're all looking for the easiest way out. How can I, I don't like how this feels. I don't like what I'm going through. I don't like this pain. I don't like this storm that I'm in. And so I'm trying, that's what they were doing on the ship. They're like, we're going to pretend that we're letting some anchors down and we're doing this. And, and maybe they won't see us let the lifeboats down. And we're all going to get off of the boat. Because that makes the most sense. You know, maybe if we get off of the boat, we get off of the ship, we can make our way to shore somehow. And we can all survive and we'll just let all the prisoners die on the ship and, and all will be well with us. But most of the time, the easiest way that seems to you where you abandon ship is usually the way that will finish you off if you do that. Come on, we're having, we're having marriage struggles, so, so we'll just end it. We're going through some problems, and so we'll just, we'll just end it. I'm getting off the ship. I've been praying, but I haven't seen an answer yet, so I'm done. I'm getting off the ship. I'm letting down the lifeboat. I've been praying but haven't seen an answer. I've lost my job. I don't know how we're going to make it, and so I'm throwing in the towel. I'm getting off the ship. My husband and I, we've been trying to have kids. We've been trying to have a baby, but apparently it's not going to work, and so we're getting off the ship. I was so close to my dad, and then he died, and I don't know how I'm going to keep going because he was my best friend, and he was somebody that, that I was so close to and I could always go to, and now that he's gone, I don't know where I'm going to go, and I don't know what to even do tomorrow, and I don't know how I'm going to make it through the next day. So I'm just going to get off of the ship. I'm getting off of the ship. I trusted God once, and something bad happened to me, and so I don't know if I want anything to do with God anymore. So I'm getting off the ship. I, try, I tried Jesus once, and something bad happened. And I didn't understand it, and I went through a storm, and, and I, don't think that, I, don't think I, I don't think that's the way God works. I shouldn't be going through a storm 
if I'm if I place in my trust and my life is given to Jesus, then I shouldn't be going through a storm. And so I'm going to get off the ship and look for the easiest way out of the storm. You see, the crew on the ship thought since the storm was so bad, they would abandon the ship. But then Paul comes along and tells them the only way you're going to survive this is if you stay on the ship. The only way you're going to get where you need to go is if you stay on the ship. Come on, look to somebody to your right or to your left and tell them you need to stay on the ship. You need to stay on the ship. It's the only way. Paul comes along and says, listen, you think you've got a better plan. You think you've got it figured out. You think you know what you're doing. But can I just tell you, you need to stay. The only way you're going to get through it, come on, the only way you're going to make it is if you stay on the ship. Come on, you can write this down. Sometimes it takes more faith to stay than to go. Because we, th- <laughs> we think, I'm going to preach it for just a minute. We think, we think that, we think that the easiest way out, that, that, that God's going to give us just the easiest way out, and sometimes he does provide the easiest way out and just a quick fix and a quick way to get through that. But most of the time, we're in the storm for a reason, and God's trying to teach us something in the storm. And so when we look for the easiest way out, it doesn't even require as much faith to just abandon ship and try it on our own as it does to stay with the ship and stay with God. Sometimes it requires more faith to stay than to go. I love in, in these three verses that, that we read on this point where they cut the ropes that were holding the lifeboat and let it drift away. They had to cut the backup plan. Paul comes along. Paul comes along and he says, the only way you're going to survive is if you stay on the boat. And sometimes the only way we can stay on the boat is if we get rid of the backup plan. Because if we, if we always have something to fall back on, well, if it doesn't work, then we'll try it my way. <laughs> well, if it does, God, if you don't come through, then we'll try it my way. Well, God, I'm just going to keep the boat. I'm just going to keep, we'll just pull the lifeboats up and we'll leave them right here. That way, if, you know, maybe Paul missed it, maybe he didn't hear from God, maybe, maybe we really are supposed to get on these boats later. And so we'll, we'll stay with, we'll stay with the, the, the lifeboat right here beside us. So that if something, if it gets any worse, or if we don't feel like God's coming through, come on, I said if we don't feel like God's coming through, then we can still get on the, but they didn't do that. Paul said the only way you can make it is if you stay on the boat, stay on the ship. And so they cut the ropes and they let the lifeboats just drift away. Just, you know, God, we're going all in for you. And we're going to try to do it your way and your way only, and we're getting rid of every contingency plan that we have. Come on, some of us today need to give up our backup plan. We need to take divorce off the table. Come on, you're holding on to it, and it's always right there, and every time you get into an argument, somebody brings it up. And as long as you keep the lifeboat right there thinking, well, this might be my way out, this might be my way out, this might be my way out, this might be my way out. Well, if we fight one more time, this is going to be my way out. As long as you got it there, then you'll never fully trust God with your marriage. Because you always feel like you've got a way out. You got to cut the rope. You got to get rid of the backup plan. You got to take divorce off the table. Come on, we need to take doubt off the table. We got to take doubt off the table. Well, God, I got one foot. I got one foot believing in you and one foot in the lifeboat. One foot on the ship, one foot in the lifeboat because I really am not sure 100% if you're going to do what you said you would do. I'm really not 100% sure that you can do what you said you were going to do. And so I'm going to keep one foot here. I got a little bit of doubt and a little bit of belief, and we got to take doubt off the table we got to get rid of the backup plan. We need to remove the victim mentality from the table. I'm the victim. 
bad things are always happening to me. Come on, you've said this before, story of my life. Come on, can I just be real with you? That's a victim mentality. That's a mentality that says, well, bad things are always going to happen to me, and I'm just going to have to learn how to deal with it, and I'm just going to keep all my backup plans here. Just well, if, this ha- if this happens, then we can just move again. Well, if this happens, then we can just get divorced. Well, if this happens, then we can just, we can just get another job. Well, if this happens, then, then we'll figure out some way to fix it ourselves, and we're keeping our backup plan right here. We keep the lifeboat close to us just in case. You know, God, I want to trust you, but just in case you don't, you don't work it out, I want to have a backup plan. We've got to take it off the table. We need to take shame off the table. If you are a Jesus follower and you have given your life to him, the word says, Paul wrote it in Romans when he was writing to them, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and you don't have to feel shame. See, the enemy the enemy is the one that keeps bringing up what you did in the past. God is not, God is not bringing up God is not bringing up what you did in the past. The enemy is bringing up what happened in your past. God says, no, no, you're a new creation when you gave your life to me, and you got a fresh start, and the slate was wiped clean, and the enemy wants to come along and say, but remember when? Remember when? Remember you did that? Well, you're really not good enough to be serving God. Remember that? Well, God really can't use you. I know that you felt you felt like this is what you're supposed to do, but God really can't use you because of what happened in your past. No, that's shame, and we need to take shame off of the table. It can't be, we can't fall back into shame as our backup plan, and well, I'm going to, I'll just, you know, well, that's just the way it's always going to be for me. It's just, I'm always going to feel this way. I'm always going to struggle with that. I'm all, it's just the way it's always going to be. We got to get rid of our backup plan. Because the only way you're going to survive this storm and every other storm that comes your way in life is if you've already made up your mind that no matter what, I'm staying with the ship. No matter what happens, I'm fighting for my marriage. No matter what happens, I'm going to keep praying for my kids. No matter what happens, I'm going to trust God to provide for my family. No matter what happens, I choose to believe that God is good. No matter what it looks like around me, I choose to believe that God is always good. And even if I'm going through a storm that maybe I even brought on myself, God can still use it if I give it to him for good. And so no matter what I'm going through, God is always Good. I've made up my mind that no matter what happens to me in my life, I'm staying with the ship. Come on, somebody say, stay on the ship. Here's number two. You got to stay on the ship. You got to be still and chill. <laughs> We're staying on the ship. <laughs> you got to be still and chill. Acts 27, 33, and 34. Just before dawn, Paul tried to get them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have wondered what would happen. You have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I'm asking you to eat some food. You need it to live. Not one of you will lose a single hair from your head. Paul's saying, listen, everything's going to be okay. You need to be still and chill. You haven't eaten for two weeks, and you're going to die from not eating before you die from the storm that you're in because you're so stressed out and so worried about everything that's going on in your life like God doesn't have it all under control you got to be still and chill. Let me say it this way this morning. Worry does not help anything. Worry is not going to fix your problem. Worry is not going to get you to the other side of the storm. Worry is not going to get you where you want to be. In fact, here's what, what Luke wrote down when he was writing about 
how God is going to take care of us in Luke chapter 12, verses 25 and 26. He said, can you add even one hour to your life by worrying? You can't do that very little thing, so why worry about the rest? <laughs> can you add, are you going to, basically what he's saying, let me just put it in Paris, Texas English. Are you going to fix your problem by worrying about your problem? And what we do a lot of times is well, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pray about it. And then we go and we try to pray about it and we worry about it. <laughs> I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pray. What are you doing? Oh, I'm praying. I'm praying. Well, it looks like you're worrying. Because you, <laughs> you keep on bringing it up again. And you keep on going back to it. And, well, I've been praying about it, but I just don't have a peace that God's going to come through in that area of my life. That's worry. <laughs> we put some Christianese on it and, you know, well, I'm just praying about it. I'm praying. No, no. You're worried about it. Praying about it is saying, God, I can't take this. I can't handle this, and I can't do this on my own, so I give it to you, and then I'm walking away from it. <laughs> I'm going to be still. <laughs> I'm going to be still and chill. Be still and chill. Sometimes we try to fix our problem by jumping ship, and other times we think and we worry and we stress over something that only God has the power to take care of. Well, my, my spouse is going through something only God can take care of. I'm worried about my job situation, but only God can handle it. Come on, I'm stressed about, let's just get practical for a minute. I'm stressed about needing, we need a vehicle, and I need a good deal on a vehicle. Can I tell you, you worrying about getting a vehicle is not going to make a vehicle just appear in your driveway. But if you'll give it to God, then God can give you the right deal and the right person and the right vehicle or whatever you need in your life. If you'll just be still and chill. Be still and chill. When we're going through a storm or a situation in life, we need to learn to be still and chill. Here's number three. You got to stay on the ship, be still and chill. Number three, you got to praise God in the storm. You got to praise God in the storm. I didn't say after. We like to, we're going to praise God after the storm. That's good. But you got to praise God in the middle of the storm. Verses 35 and 36. After Paul said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God. He did this where they all could see him. Then he broke it and they began to eat. All of them were filled with hope, so they ate some food. Here's a man. We're in the middle of a storm, and there's 276 people on board, and he's so calm, and he's figured out that we need to stay with the ship, and I need to be still and chill, and I'm trying to get everybody else to be still and chill. And I'm going to thank God in the middle of the storm for what I have. I'm going to thank God in the middle of this. I'm going to praise God in the storm. So many times in our lives we don't see the breakthrough in a situation or a storm because we don't continue to praise God in the storm. And it's easy to praise God when things are going good in your life. But when all hell is coming against you and you don't even know where you're going to go, you don't even know how you're going to fix this or what's going to happen or God, I don't even know how you're going to take care of my problem or what I'm going through, but I'm going to praise you in the middle of the storm anyway. I'm going to praise you anyway. Can you praise him then? We can say it like this, you need to praise through until you get a breakthrough. And even though, come on, even though I don't know where the next job is coming from, I'm going to praise you. I think five of you are getting it. Even though I don't have, even though I haven't seen the answer to my prayer yet, I'm still going to praise you. Even though you may not do what I'm wanting you to do, I will still praise you. Even though... Come on, I said, I'm going to stop right there for just a minute. I said, even if you don't do what I want you to do, 
I'm still going to praise you. Well, God, if you just, if you fix it right now in the next 13 minutes, then I'm going to give you praise. Then I'll lift my hands and I'll sing and I'll do all this. I said, even if you don't do what I, even if you don't work it out the way that I want you to work it out, I'm still going to praise you. Even though I'm hurting right now in this storm, I will still praise you. Don't let the storm silence your praise. Because this is what this is what we do. We come we come into church, and some some Sundays we're on we're on a high and we feel good and life's been good this week and so we're giving God praise. And then we go through a storm the next week and we come to church and we let the enemy and we let the storm that is coming against us steal our praise or silence our praise. And we don't get a breakthrough and we don't experience all that God has for us because we didn't we didn't put our attention and our focus and our praise on Him in the middle of what we're going through. You got to praise him in the storm. And here's the last one. It's kind of long, but I'll give you a minute to write it down. Number four, best one of all, God can take you to your destination on broken pieces. Somebody, somebody needs to hear this today. <laughs> that God can take you where he needs to get you on broken pieces. The end of this story, starting in verse 40, says, So they cut the anchors loose and left them in the sea. At the same time, they untied the ropes that held the rudders. They lifted the sail at the front of the ship to the wind. Then they headed for the beach. But the ship hit a sandbar, so the front of it got stuck and wouldn't move. The back of the ship was broken to pieces by the pounding of the waves. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners. They wanted to keep them from swimming away and escaping, but the commander wanted to save Paul's life. So he kept the soldiers from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and swim to land. The rest were supposed to get there on what? On boards or other pieces of the ship. That is how everyone, say everyone. That's how everyone reached land safely. On a piece. On a piece. They didn't get there on the ship. They got there on a piece. Because God can get you where he needs you to be on broken pieces. And it doesn't matter what your life has looked like. They made it to where they were going on the broken pieces of the ship. And maybe your life has been broken into pieces. Maybe all you've got is, maybe all you have is a collection of broken pieces. Maybe you're grieving the loss of someone close to you. And that's a broken piece. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get over it. I don't know if I'm ever going to get past it. I don't know if, if God's ever going to come through in my situation. It's a broken piece. Maybe you went through a divorce that you didn't plan on going through. When you got married, you didn't plan on getting divorced. You didn't plan on something bad happening. You didn't plan on what happened happening. You didn't plan on having to go through that and split everything up, and now you got the kids on the weekend and all this. You didn't plan on it, and so you got a broken piece. Maybe your desire was was to have kids, and it hadn't happened for you. And you feel like your ship is breaking apart because I had a plan for my life, and I thought this is what God wanted for me, and I thought this was going to happen, and, and we were excited about it, but all I have now is a broken piece. Everything's broken into pieces. Maybe you lost a good job, and you feel like your world is crumbling around you. Broken piece. 
and I don't know how I'm going to get. I felt like God had a plan for my life, and at one point everything was going great, and we had just gotten married, and I had just gotten that job, and, and I was still hanging out with my granddad, and I was still able to spend time with my parents, and I was still, I was still, I was still, and, and now everything seems to be falling apart. Maybe you've been through a traumatic season in your life, and you feel like all you have left is broken pieces. And you came in today, and you feel like your life is in broken pieces. Or maybe you're, you're not there yet, but you don't know what's going to happen down the road. And we all go through storms. And you might come upon a season where you feel like, man, my life is just crumbling around me. And I don't know how to get through this season of my life. And it's just broken pieces. I believe that God sent you here on Easter Sunday at Impact Church in Paris, Texas, so that he could look you in the face and tell you that I can get you where you need to be on your broken pieces. You don't have to try to you you don't have to try to put all the pieces back together. You don't have to try to oh I gotta I gotta build something. Someone mentioned to me before service, before this service and said, Well, we didn't know if you were gonna try to build something or, or what you were gonna try to no, I was like, No, the pieces will be great. The pieces will be great. You don't have to try to piece it all, piece it all back together, glue it all back together. Can't go to church till I get it all together. Can't give my life to Jesus till I get it all together. Can't can't witness to somebody till I get it all together. Got to figure it all out and get it all together. God can get you. Come on, I'm gonna bring the worship team back up. We're ending today. God can get you where you need to go on broken pieces. All you need to do. is grab a hold of a piece. <laughs> all you need to do is grab, you, you feel like all you have is pieces, you just, you just get as many pieces as you can and say, God, all I have are these pieces. And I need you to get me where I'm supposed to go on this. And he'll direct the wind, and he'll direct the waves, and he'll direct the storm, and he'll get you where you need to go on broken pieces. Come on, is anybody thankful today that when you've been through something in your life and all you felt like was you had a few pieces left and there was nothing left to get you where you needed to be, that God stepped in and said all you need to do is pick up your pieces and I will get you where you need to go. That's all you need. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to figure it out. Come on, if you're not standing, will you stand to your feet? You don't have to figure it out. And don't let the enemy convince you that all because all you have left are broken pieces that God can't do with you what he said he was going to do with you. Don't stand here today and let the enemy convince you that well, we're not going to we're not going to make it and I can't come down for prayer and I can't give my life to Jesus because my life is just all in shambles and I need to figure some things out. No, what you need to do is you need to come to Jesus and say, "Here are all my broken pieces and I need you to get me where I need to go and where I'm supposed to go and help me figure all this out with all these broken pieces. That's all I have." That's all I have. Broken pieces. Broken pieces. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes?
Don't give up. This is what this is what Jesus is saying to you today. Don't give up. Trust in me. Praise me when you don't feel like it. And watch me use your broken pieces to accomplish something incredible in your life. Watch what I can do with all your broken pieces. And with all that being said, if you're standing here today and, and, and you're it's like, I need to figure out how how can I how can I praise God in the middle of a storm? How can I be still and know that He is God? How can I be still and just relax and stop worrying about my situation? How can I how can I have the courage to stay on the ship when it looks like the ship is breaking in to pieces in my life? And how can God get me where He wants me to go on broken pieces? And I want to tell you today, it all starts with one decision. One decision. And that's you. See, Jesus has already done everything for you. And all that is, is you today. It's you offering your broken pieces to him and giving your life to him and allowing him to work through everything that you've experienced. So I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to sing one final song before we leave today. But I want to pray for you. And if that's you and today you know this is my moment. All I have is broken pieces and today I'm giving those broken pieces to God and I'm going to allow God to get me where he wants me to be on my broken pieces because that's all I need. If that's you, I want us to pray this prayer together. But if that's you and this is your first time and you want to, to give your life to Jesus today, just let's pray this prayer out loud. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you that you didn't stay in the grave. But like we celebrate today, you rose from the dead so that I could have life. And all I have is broken pieces. But today I offer my broken pieces to you. And I give you my life. I don't want to try to figure it out anymore. Today I trust you. Thank you for saving me. I receive your forgiveness today. In Jesus' name. Amen.